Well, it's never a dull moment when you're talking about the grain markets, and that was definitely the case this week. Kavanaugh standing by. We're going to pick that apart, tell you what our feelings are of the grain market activity this past week. Coley and Kavanaugh brought to you each week by the Allen County Farm Bureau, and David Coley is still mending but doing well. The Farm Bureau is really busy in D.C. right now, you know, been fighting against this Biden new WOTUS rule, and of course that went to the Senate this week. So we'll see how that turns out. The Farm Bureau is front and center fighting against that whole thing as well as improvements to the new farm bill. And none of that is possible without your support. So support your local Farm Bureau by simply becoming a member. You can do that by going online to it, pays to be a member.org. This week, I think both of us were struck, as I think a lot of people were, by the Chinese flash sales this week. Three in a row of over 600,000 tons, and that was just this week. Put that total at about 1.92 million metric tons. Surprising that it didn't have more impact on the corn market. And and John, you're telling me that there was even another one that I missed on Friday? Yeah, Friday morning. Actually, it was kind of late Friday morning. It was announced a fourth purchase by China this week. (laughs) A little smaller. It was 191,000 tons. But that brings the total for the week, the four sales together, to 2.11 million tons of corn, which, by the way, is 77.5 billion bushels. Wow! Rob, they sat back, and we had not seen China buy corn out of the U.S., and we saw corn prices go sky high, trading around $7. All of a sudden, you get into the last week of February, and prices crash. We see corn prices drop as much as 70 cents a bushel. And then guess what? The Chinese show up and buy over 2 million tons. (laughs) (laughs) All in one week. And that was the staggering part about it. But talk about the price for a second, because probably has more to do with other factors. But boy, you know, when you you see that much purchasing, particularly after there was so much talk about reports coming out about changing the ending stocks because the exports had fallen off so dramatically. And then they come in and they buy like a bunch of drunken sailors, quite frankly. And, (laughs) And the corn market does nothing after you know, all of that woe was me attitude before and we get these huge purchases and it just kind of languishes there. It really doesn't uh, pop up like I kind of figured it would. I figured it was good for at least a 40 cent increase. Me too. I heard about these sales and then I checked the board and the board wasn't up nearly as much as I thought it would be. And I said, you know, did I get that information wrong? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. It only popped up like about two or three cents that day. And this was like the, yeah. the second day, then the, then the third day and it still didn't do much. So it was kind of a surprise. Like you said, 40 cents would have seen uh, at least that much, in my opinion, maybe even more than that. Right. And it didn't happen. I think it's only in the vicinity of 20 or 22 cents when it was all said and done. I think that the market has somewhat been dominated by the bank failures that have happened in the past week and the mm-hmm. announcements of that yeah. and the fear and the concerns over there, what are interest rates going to do? And the overall uh, economy of the world, I think, for the moment anyhow, is dominating that. It's like, okay, that's a big deal in the corn market, but the rest of us don't care that much. When the dust settles, I think this is going to get a lot of publicity. You know, this has been the worst corn export year in, for the U.S. in the past three years. Yeah. Is this enough to make up that gap? No, but will China buy even more as time goes on. I mean, it's it's certainly going to help the situation, and it will tighten up supplies more than we expected even a week ago. And particularly surprising after what you and I have talked about, and you brought to the table here several weeks ago about the deal between China and Brazil for purchasing corn. First of all, on these purchases, Chinese analysts are thinking that most of these purchases are going to be going into Chinese 
reserve stocks. Now, the last time we saw them buying crazy like this was when they were replenishing corn supplies in their reserve tanks. How do you figure this? I wish I knew how to figure it, but that's certainly very important. We're hearing that they are continuing to try to rebuild their corn reserve because they want to keep good stocks of corn and soybeans and wheat around so that they make sure they don't run out of food. But the big thing is, Rob, we do not get meaningful, worthwhile information out of China because uh, we didn't see them coming because we didn't know they were going to come. It's like trading in the dark. They know, but we don't know. Best that we get are rumors on the street. Soybeans just plain volatile, pushing hard on support levels this past week, kind of bouncing all over the place. But speaking of rumors, there's another rumor that China is also going to come in and buy some soybeans. So, you know, until we hear some more formative conversation about that, we'll just leave that as a rumor. Reuters, I tell you, uh, did report that China is actively buying Brazil's safrina corn crop, even though it's not even completely planted at this point. Oh, I know. And of course, we hate that. You know, that was not a factor in the past because that corn couldn't go to China, but now it can. And of course, most of the corn that's exported out of Brazil comes from that second crop. I think all of it comes from that second safrina crop. So they're already lined up starting to buy that. (laughs) Uh, But that's an interesting rumor about the soybeans. You know, soybeans out of the U.S. to China, of course, are very expensive compared to the stuff coming from Brazil. Uh, The Brazilian beans figure in a dollar plus below U.S., although it depends upon which port it's coming out of. So what's going on there? And if they're wanting to build up the reserves, we know the powerhouse they are when it comes to buying soybeans. So I know it's a rumor, but, you know, a week ago there was a rumor about the corn buying and it became real. So I think uh, we got to pay very close attention to that. Mm-hmm. But I have an idea what's going on here, too. If they need beans and it happens every year. We've already talked about this. The ports in Brazil, vessels are lining up. They're stacked up because the beans are cheaper. Now they can't get loaded for as long as 35 days. <laughs> Uh, the port of Parana, for example, the ship captains are saying that they're being told it's a 35-day wait to get loaded. Ooh, wow. <laughs> and March the 15th, there were 57 vessels in line waiting to load at uh, Paranagua. No, holy. Okay, do the math for me. If you're talking about demerge and you're talking about 30-some-odd days, didn't that pretty much eat up the difference between that and beans coming out of the Pacific Northwest? Yes, it does. See, that's why you you say, well, I'm going to pay all this demerge, so therefore that price reference is not such a big deal anymore. And also, too, what if you need beans sooner than that? Maybe you've got a more nearby need for the soybeans. Oh, I could buy cheap beans out of Brazil, but wait a minute. I send a vessel in there, and it may sit there for 30 or 40 days. I won't won't get them until June 15th. Yeah, right. (laughs) Therefore, the U.S. has got them, and they'll load them fast. I think this is kind of exciting to see if we see any sales to China materialize uh, soybean sales in the next couple of weeks. Well, we'll be watching closely and report back to you as soon as we get some details (laughs) that we can actually report on with some kind of confidence. Speaking of South America, you know, it's really kind of driving the bus right now, right? Buenos Aires Grain Exchange cut again. The cutting of the output of the soybeans in Argentina, John, it started out about 48 million metric tons expected before the season started. Now down, they cut it down to 25. And I think uh, you and I both have heard some analysts that we respect talking about even 23. Wow. that I tell you what, this is the worst weather situation in, in Argentina, certainly in most of our lifetimes. 
that's one of the most serious drought situations that I've seen happen anywhere because you're talking about 50% of the crop being lost. And now there's a lot of stories coming out of Argentina, as you would expect, that the crushers in Argentina are going to have some serious financial problems because they won't have enough soybeans to crush. And also they're they're anticipating quality problems from the soybeans when they start coming out of the fields. Mm, And I can understand that. There's no question those guys have got a problem. And we've also heard rumors that uh, Argentina has bought some additional soybeans out of Brazil. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Speaking of Brazil, one of the issues there obviously has been that as they have had drought in several parts of South America, they've had way too much rain in some of the bigger growing areas of Brazil, which has slowed down getting the entire soybean crop out. And of course, they typically plant the corn right after soybeans. So you got to get the beans out before you can get the corn in. And apparently <laughs> that Supreme corn crop is running significantly behind. I mean, I was looking at typically the five-year average, they should be around 60, 65 percent planted at this point and they're more around 38 to 40 percent planted at this point so significantly behind what do you see as the outcome of that going forward if that persists well we're going to find out because we both we all know that because the crop's going in later that therefore it's going to start pollinating during the typical dry season in brazil now you know the dry season uh, sometimes it rains during the dry season so we'll have to wait and see but if it turns dry like it typically does starting in two or three weeks you're going to start to hear stories about uh, pollinating problems with that safrina crop and reduced yields. Now, right now, you're not really, you're hearing about the possibility of it, but it hasn't occurred yet. But we're going to have to really watch that Brazilian weather when we get into the first part of April. That's the crucial times. We get into the first half of April, and if we start having dry weather then, of course, watch out. Uh, The market's going to get excited again and have a rally. (laughs) And I will say one thing about the Chinese I guess we can say, at least here for the next several months, they have put a bottom in the corn market. <laughs> yeah. Okay, time for the last word. And I think probably the last word uh, that I would like to hear from you is what your thoughts are, because, you know, this whole thing changes daily. So what your thoughts are on the March 31st planting intentions, because we got a couple of major analytical firms come out with their guesses this week. Yeah, we did. And, you know, uh, frankly, uh, just to r- run through those, uh, Allendale did, does a survey and also the former Informa, which is now called IHS Market, came out with their estimates for the March 31 estimate. Uh, For corn acres, Allendale is forecasting 90.4 million planted acres, and Informa's right in line with them at 90.5. And they're both in line with the USDA at the Agot meeting. They had 91, so they're they're pretty much all the same. Soybeans, Allendale's at 87.76. And there's IHS market there at 87.5, <laughs> and the USDA in their Ag Outlook meeting was at 88. So they're all in line with each other. So it's clear that at this point, the market's expecting somewhere around 90 to 91 million planted corn acres and around 87 to 88 soybeans. And oh, by the way, wheat, Allendale put the total wheat acres at 49.5. Uh, planted, and that compares to a year ago of 45.7. What would it take to make any dramatic change in those numbers? Primarily weather. Uh, now, other things, too, you know, the, we have to watch the ratio. If the numbers favor planting corn over beans, that's going to have a big impact, and whether it favors planting beans over corn. But your biggest single variable from here forward is simply your planting weather. As we all know, the corn, if we go into the planting season and it's relatively dry and favorable for planting, the odds are really good that we're going to get more corn acres than projected. 
If it stays wet and they can't get the corn in and you get into mid-May, May 15, May 20, from then on, it leans towards soybeans. The weekly visit with Coley and Kavanaugh brought to you each week by the Allen County Farm Bureau. And farming has a lot of challenges. I'm talking about a bunch of them in Washington, D.C. right now, like the fight with Biden's EPA over the waters of the U.S. That is critical for farming. And the Farm Bureau is fully engaged in that, as well as the Farm Bill priorities that, frankly, touch all farmers. The Farm Bureau's efforts to support farming on the state and national level only possible with your Farm Bureau membership. So support your local Farm Bureau with a membership, go online to it. Pays to be a member.org. Podcasts by Federated Media.